there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, then this is the episode for you because my next guest is an entrepreneur who has founded two global lifestyle brands, despite the fact she had zero background in business or finance and instead studied to become a diplomat in China, the country of her birth. But before I introduce you to the immensely talented Mei Xu, or Shumei, as she would be known back in Hangzhou, the province in China where she was born, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a sneak peek at the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. And I promise you, it is super easy to do. Just go to the Time for Coffee website at Time the number four coffee.org and the sign up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Mei Xu, successful entrepreneur, business leader, and the founder of two global lifestyle brands, Bliss Living Home, a culturally inspired luxury home textiles company, and Chesapeake Bay Candle, a wellness-inspired home fragrance company. May is also the founder of Mayshu.com, an online community and marketplace for women entrepreneurs. May, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated on your, what is that, refreshment tea and ready to go? Well, thank you for inviting me. This is my first cup of tea, but before that, I already have two cups of cappuccino. Oh, you did. Absolutely caffeinated. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, it is such a treat to get to interview you here in your beautiful home. And I look forward to learning a lot more about how you have done what you've done. And in fact, for our young listeners, if they want to learn more about Bliss Living Home, about Chesapeake Bay Candle, and about May Shoes incredible journey to where she is today. Check out the show notes for this episode to see if her main time for coffee interview has dropped. All right, let's get into our 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people, May, who are interested in breaking into the retail consumer e-commerce world? This is an incredible time to be young and talented and passionate. There are lots of jobs for the creative type, ranging from creative writing to photography and website design. There are also very good jobs in buying. I know that it sounds like it's an easy job. Who doesn't know buying? But we're talking about people that are trained to understand the trend, what consumers want, and the financials behind each decisions that companies make on behalf of consumers. So there's a lot of in-depth research that you need. Last but not least, there's a lot of jobs in sales, which ranges from sales to partnerships, sales to institutions, and eventually, obviously, sales to consumers. What about being a salesperson in a retail store? And I recognize we're talking about e-commerce here. 
but would it be useful for someone who wanted to get into e-commerce if they say, hey, I worked in Crate and Barrel or I worked in such and such a clothing store? It's very helpful. Many times, e-commerce companies also are trying to have a pop-up store or ways to style product for consumers. Increasingly, e-commerce are also opening stores so that there is a combination of what's called experience. As we know, retail as we see it is going through tremendous change. This year alone, there will be about 8,000 stores closing, one of the highest year for closing for retail stores. It doesn't mean all the stores will be closed that are brick and mortar. What it means is that the location of the stores, the interaction with consumers will become more of experiential experience and more like a showroom. So rather than having product permanently, there may be drops, there may be tests, there may be new concepts such as the Nike stores that a lot of big cities seeing so that there's going to be smaller batches where brands understand how consumer really would like to be presented as well as the price point so that the next season they can bring it into a large batch. Oh, that is fascinating. May, what is a useful skill or skills that you look for in the young people that you hire? And we have one of those young people here with us in the room, Courtney, who just joined your company. Right. I think like many organizations, I like problem-solving skills. If I ask young people, what is the experience in their life that really showed them how to look at a problem and how to come up with creative solutions? And they're not scared about that question. And they have a story either about their summer camp or their travel somewhere. Most interestingly, I also look for people who have been waitressing or waiting tables. And Courtney come to us with that background. She told me she was waiting tables. It happened to be, a, I can't remember if it's a German restaurant that is a tourist attraction. So when there are lots of people, she has to wait many tables. So that ability to take care of customers, looking at them and knowing, anticipating their needs are the kind of quality that sometimes very hard to find, but I'm always looking for. Fantastic. What about life experiences? You've had such an incredible range of experiences in your own life. What would you say to young people who want to get into this line of work are the life experiences that they may not be thinking about as being useful to them if they want to get into this? I always say, are you a shopper? Do you enjoy product? Are you passionate about design? And if the answer is hesitant, then I can tell that this is a very different world for them because, as you know, devil is in the detail. In consumer product, there is no detail that is too small. And we have to look forward to every day, putting 100%, sometimes 120% of ourselves. And if it's not something you enjoy doing, if it's not a passion of yours, it's very painful to take care of someone else's dress that's too long for them. You see what I mean? It's us. It has to come naturally. You have to love it. And without going down a rabbit hole here, I want our young listeners to know that the way that you fell into discovering what later became Chesapeake Bay Candle was because of your love of shopping and you almost window shopping in Bloomingdale's, looking both in the clothing area and then in the home decor area. 
and then saying, huh, there's a gap here. So we'll get into that in the main interview. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into the retail consumer e-commerce world? And if so, May, what would you say are the most useful majors for them to have, if any? I would say universities are trying really hard to prepare you these days. There's STEM, there's a major even in artificial intelligence. It's very good for schools to attract students that really know what they want and they really want that kind of uh, experience. To me, I feel some basic training incredibly important in writing. You know, being creative writer is now so useful. Not only be a journalist like yourself, but most importantly, have you seen the captions for some of the most amazing Instagrammer, some of the influencers? It's not easy to always have someone else have your voice. You have to be able to articulate your desire in a way that becomes understandable and become your voice. So writing to me, I think is very important. Math, You'll be amazed how many times when I say we need 60% margin, some people that I used to work with simply don't know what that means. Does that mean if you get the price of a cost for $1, I sell to consumers for $1.6 and that's my 60% margin. And I would look at that person and say, no, the math is not that way. So there is a lot of basic math and basic writing, basic art appreciation that will lend you incredibly well in very different industries. It can be even finance. It can be being a therapist. It just lends you in a way that you can find more opportunities than if you pigeonhole yourself too early. So it sounds like you're recommending they get a pretty broad base of core exposure, core curriculum, and not necessarily be business majors or be marketing majors, or but to follow their interests and try to get a little bit of a lot. A lot of skills are very hard to come by once you graduate. So writing is one of them. Math is another. Language, I would say, I'm such a benefactor, and you too. You speak Chinese. I speak English, which are very But unusual. my Chinese is not as good as your English by far. <laughs> so it gives us both opportunity to appreciate and really understand how to work with culture that are very different than us. Had I not speak English 25 years ago, I would never be able to open the doors at Bloomingdale's and Target's of the world as a foreign-born salesperson, right? It's almost unheard of. So I feel foreign language, again, it's something that our schools are trying to teach at a very young age. I wouldn't say it's always easy for our kids because everyone else in the world speak English. So the motivation is not really there. But for those parents and those students who's focusing on it, I would say good for you. Once you go to uh, Goldman Sachs, for example, and they put you in Saudi Arabia, you would see it's how hard it is to learn that language again, rather than learning it at a younger age. Absolutely. I have often said that speaking foreign languages is a golden key to unlock the culture of another country. And I couldn't agree with you more. What about a grad school degree? I know you got your master's in journalism, which is so interesting. But clearly, you didn't go into the field of journalism. If you could advise young people today who think they really want to get into this e-commerce retail world, does it matter if they have a master's? And if so, which one do you think they should get? 
I think graduate school is really good for those who particularly have a focus on a leadership focus. So going to a business school or going to a field in computer science, like I said, artificial intelligence, there's so much changes. But the most important thing is to be connected to that field in a professional way. A lot of times the professors themselves are very interested in collaborating with the graduate student. They work together to write papers. They go to conferences together. It opens the professional door of a whole new world where you have a support system, you have like-minded people, and you will get a lot more mentorships and group of experts that otherwise is hard to have access to. Terrific. May, what is the best part for you of being in this profession? Is to allow me to continually challenge myself. I, I mentioned to my colleagues that at some point, I feel the industry that I was in, I've done it all. I've grown a business from nothing to a global brand. I was one of the most innovative companies. I opened three factories with three design centers. And I feel that I want to see what it feels like to be on the other side of the fence, i.e. at a retail and really collaborate with creative types, women founders to grow their business and no longer about me growing my brand, but growing and support their brand. So that is to me the most satisfying thing is to see how we can create this unusual community of women no longer behaving as a very just our abrupt consumers, but a very thoughtful patrons of young artists, young founders, so that together we build their strength, their muscles and their tastes and their designs in a way that we're not just becoming a buyer and seller, but we are becoming a partner. And in doing so, hopefully we change the dynamics of consumption. You know, there's a lot of waste as we see in fast fashion. There's a lot of waste because we want to respond to selling design. We want to make a million copies of the design. And in doing so, there's a lot of waste. We heard about certain brands burning a lot of inventory each year because they have too much run inventory. So for me, it's about thoughtfulness going into the planning stage, into the product stage, into the logistics stage. And it's a big challenge. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. If it's easy, everybody would do it, right? But it's not. So maybe that's why I'm attracted to it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the flip side, because even when you're at the very top as you are, there are aspects of your job that still suck. So what are the aspects of your current job heading global lifestyle brands and now Meishu.com, the online community that you just mentioned, the marketplace for women entrepreneurs. I would say the current role, which is a startup again, has its challenges. As you can see, we're trying to be a small but nimble team, which means everyone wears many hats. And sometimes it works when it's all perfect. There are times where we get slowed because we don't have the right team. For example, I was just talking to my creative director, Karina, who worked with me for many years about the new website design. And we have to put that on the side to talk about photographers we interviewed. So we're trying to basically 
catch ourselves in a way that it's not easy. If even if for a big company coming up with a new version of a website, it always takes six to nine months. Not to mention a big team of engineers and webmasters, computer scientists, and then designers as well as stylists, marketing personnel. I'm used to a much bigger team that I'm used to. Whereas now I have to work with a lot of new people, right? And they're not even working out of here, which is kind of a gig economy. I work with a lady in Michigan to do web design, and then there's another woman we're just starting to talk to that has a lot of e-commerce marketing experience. So we're gonna work that way until I really believe that the team needs to be someone that loves a startup, the chaos of it, and. The beautiful way of how eventually it works, because I know as crazy as it sounds, come back to us six months from now and you'll be like, how can you possibly do this? <laughs> I just want to tell you, don't come three months, six <laughs> months. Um, it would be amazing because our vision is amazing. And I know the team we have is amazing. I'll take that any time of the day. I would rather have something difficult but amazing than something very ordinary and predictable. You and me both. So, May, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Don't do anything for money. The money will come. Do something you truly know you have passion for. Not today, not just for one year, but for a long time. You find ways to be happy financially. I love it. So, two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows? Or books, do you think accurately reflect this industry and your profession? I do like Devil's Wear Prada. I think it is a very cutthroat life, even without the glamour part, which obviously this movie is about. It's probably just a small taste of what this whole industry has been. And I don't want to really sound like a Me Too. But I have to say, it's very interesting that it's about women. What is really not depicted that I want to say is that even though it's an industry about women, it has not really been controlled by women. So I would like to see a version of this truly played where the power, the actual power is at play. So I want to see how consumer product companies, retailers that are controlled by men and how that behind the scene actually work. Mm. So someone probably listening will come up with a movie idea. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they will. Final espresso shot. What would our Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? That is not glamorous. That is 24-7. It's a very mundane and difficult job for people who don't know that at the end, there's a light in the tunnel, that the season starts when the weather gets cold in fall, and the season starts when the first sort of long ray of sun does not settle onto very late. So it's a very long process. It's not just about holidays. It's about the whimsicalness of American shoppers. They're very frickle. They change every year and every day, and it's always an unknown. And I think all of us in this business know that it's an unknown and we signed up for that life. So behind every accidental hot seller 
There's a lot of calculation. There's a lot of forecast. There's a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of people moving around the world for those jeans to come to your home so that you can wear them and love them or hate them. But that's what is incredible about this business. May, I want to thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. Your story is one of such incredible grit and determination. Thank you so much. Thank you again for the readers and for your kind questions. I have four kids and I'm also wondering what would they make out of their life and their education. So I would definitely ask them to turn in. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.